Welcome to the Learning Experience Show brought to you by eLearning Brothers. I'm your host, John Toda, and this episode is an editor's cut where we trim the full length webinar down to just the main topics and most important takeaways. That way, you get most of the webinar value in just about 15 minutes and you can listen on the go. You can always check out the rundown summary on this webinar session as well, and the episode notes will always link you right to the full video webinar on YouTube. All right, let's get into it. So uh, a few things on the agenda, what we're going to do and, and move you through the schedule today. Number one, a quick roll call. Number two, just a little bit about Great Creative, uh, a little bit about Hugh and Creator Up, when to do it yourself and when to hire a professional crew, as well as the advantages of each. And then we'll uh, talk about some storytelling challenges. Let's start off with just a bit about Great Creative. And this is a quote from Steven Spielberg, of course, but audiences are harder to please if you're just giving them special effects, but they're easy to please if it's a good story. I love that because everybody has tripled their intake of video on the phone, on Netflix, you know, and everything on Zoom calls just like this because of what's happened. But remember, good storytelling still matters and harder to please is real. New gadgets, new technology is one thing, but you have to remember the narrative, which is something that we do and we're, and we're proud of. So uh, let's talk about who Creator Up is in general. Creator Up, we're based in California. We're a multiple tele award winning agency with over 7,000 people in our creative network. We've got a brand new marketplace and create track platform that makes it easy for you to be able to manage and task any projects. But from the big picture, Creator Up does everything from storytelling to 2D video to docudrama style videos, certainly 360 VR videos that we're about to jump into, animation, you name it, but think scalable, affordable, and a huge network of creators around the globe that have helped us get to where we are. I will uh, introduce Hugh. So uh, Hugh is a media influencer, a YouTuber. We just recently passed 100,000 followers on YouTube. So congratulations. That's a huge milestone of a great industry following. He's worked on Olympics projects. He's worked for projects with Google, with Oculus, and over dozens and dozens of brands. Hello, everybody. So as a content creator, my focus is in the VR headset and training is definitely what I do a lot, but I will pass it to the next speaker, CJ here. Yeah, we also got CJ, who's one of our filmmakers, producers. He's worked on uh, a number of documentaries, Mercedes-Benz. He's working on a really cool project uh, right now that is a VR experience at a major event. CJ, say hello. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Uh, excited to be here and share a little bit of knowledge and um, try to get everyone up to par and ready to go create their own branch narratives and training scenarios. So number one, why VR works and why it's really seeing another major surge right now is just, you know, across the board, the percentage of numbers that show increase in remembering, increasing in engagement, four times faster than classroom style learning, four times more confident than uh, traditional e-learners, 275% more confident to act on what they learned about. So these are things that Scenario VR knows and shares as well, but the space is exploding right now. People are looking for more engaging and exciting ways to number one, welcome people back to work, welcome people back to new ways of learning things and to get them to engage more. So uh, with that, the, the, the purpose of this dialogue today is to talk about some of the differences between the growth in the DIY, the do-it-yourself side of this category, and certainly when and where to hire a professional crew and the, and the values, both of which present unique options. 
number one, a couple of reasons on when and where and, and how and why to do it yourself. I work on the partnership side of things. I'm VP of partnerships and executive producer for a number of VR projects. So I work with major brands and what I hear from major brands and some other brands or smaller departments is number one, when it's low to no budget, it can be good to do it yourself. If it's a very small test or a beta group, when the outcomes are not necessarily you know, tied to super important or high risk options, when the cost of failure is there's a reason why military and medical you know, do not do small beta projects because the cost of failure is, is very, very high. People consider this when there's uh, team limitations and, or they've got somebody on staff who has a camera and wants to try something new or they're feeling experimental. And lastly, just if it's a simple location or it's a one-shot idea, these things can work great. You can be in the business of creating content for about $500 and time out of your current staff's pocket or finding a volunteer on your crew to do it. There's been some amazing projects that have taken off um, and grown from the start to begin with. I'll toss it to CJ about a few best practices if you are going to do it yourself on some things to do and where to start around product and software and things to be aware of. Thanks, Dan. I would say that, you know, the good news is that 360s become a lot easier. Back in 2014, 2016, it was incredibly difficult with seven GoPros in a rig and you had to make sure they all synced up and you had to stitch them and GoPros would fail and batteries would die and different things would happen, but now um, things have come a long way. So you can go to Best Buy and buy a GoPro Max or a Insta360 ONE X2, and you can shoot a pretty good video on your own and the stabilization's okay. And the, the workflow is not impossible in the sense that usually a camera comes with a stitcher or a software that will give you a pretty good image. And then you can use, you know, basic software like Adobe Premiere to edit that and, you might need a, a decent computer, but you don't need a super computer like we work on for 8K projects if you just want to string something together that's that's doable and, and can be done yourself. And do be careful. We we hear lots of stories about people who say, oh, I, I called a production company and they said they do 360. Most camera operators will say, oh, yeah, I've messed with a 360 camera. I can shoot your project for you. And you hire them and they go shoot something and they produce the results and it's not what you had in mind and, and there's errors and there's things in the scene that shouldn't be there or the videos, you know, not enjoyable to watch because it's not stable or the lighting's not good. So be careful when somebody says they do VR, maybe look at their samples and make sure that they have actually done VR to a high level. So yeah, when to do it yourself. Uh, Great. That's a great point oh. about the amount of business that we pick up from people who have clients who have hired somebody who said that they're capable and then, uh, and then they call us and say, can you guys fix this? Hugh, did you want to add to that? Yeah. Let's go back to the uh, earlier slide. I, I want to get more value for the viewer here. So in my opinion, so 360 video for education is the fast growing industry. You guys here, you guys know that already. Just based on my channel, I, I wrote hundred case in the last three years is a really fast growing you know, the people want the knowledge. The thing about DIY is I actually recommend everybody start with DIY because as DJ pointed out that you will not know who is a, what, what make a good VR video or just video unless you do it yourself. So I would highly recommend that there's so many good resources out there already that you should try DIY first. Uh, but then you realize that like some of the people you hire out there, uh, 
probably the same level as you, even they claim they're professional. But now you have the knowledge, you can move on to the next step to really see that what would generate the best return on your investment, both your time and your money. So uh, a few reasons and some of the times we hear, of course, why we get the call and reasons when to hire a professional crew. Number one, you know, let alone you got a larger budget. The key impact audience is larger and or it's a more important message. The cost of failure or cost of risk is higher, of course. Uh, diversifying or focusing your team on the current strengths. And what I mean by that is a lot of times people will take folks off of marketing or promotions or logistics and say, congratulations, you're in charge of, of working on this VR project. And although they're capable, you're taking them off their full-time day job that has other significant responsibilities and priorities. And you may see a dip on their typical full-time job while they get excited about this. It's still important to have people involved in the project, which we definitely do, but it's important to, to take that into consideration. Also, when you need proven results on something, like maybe you've already done your beta, your internal test, and now you're looking for increased results on employee performance, employee morale, increased sales, safety training, things that you need to tie back to a project and say, we invested X into this project and we were looking for this outcome. When publishing into the headsets or tablets or iPhones or screens is a priority and it's complex, it's really important to have somebody who's familiar in the publishing space. And also when you're considering the stereoscopic effect versus standard. So a lot of things to consider there and a lot of reasons to hire a professional. And adding on top of that, I would say things that come with the next level of bringing in a professional. I want to suggest that, uh... Again, there's a lot of like filmmaking skills you can learn right now. There's a lot of tutorials on YouTube. I make those on TikTok, even on Instagram, a lot of behind the scene. And, and a lot of people in big company become a hobbyist. They want to learn how to create VR content. That's totally possible. The tech part is possible. But one thing that I want to stress that the client should focus is the emotional aspect of training. Because the reason why you don't want to use game engine, you want to use like cinematic video for training is because the emotional level, the connection. And that's why if you want to search for agency, look for one that know how to tell a great story, not just tech. That's what we are, our strength is, and that's how we approach. We approach story first before technology. But talking about that, technology is very important because we're working on immersive media, VR. This is, this is a tech of its own, right? It's, it's complicated and you need equipment that is not out there available in the consumer market to make you stand out. And to big major client or even to your big internal team, you only have one chance to get people put this thing on. So we better make it look good so they will come back and do your training within this thing. And honestly, this thing is not comfortable to wear at least right now. So that's why you don't consider like for hiring a team that have like professional camera, like this is Canon R5C just released, literally actually not even released yet. Uh, but it's a very specialty camera that regular 2D production agency would not get because it's not a regular camera. But in VR, it's really like necessary because you capture depth, uh, capture stereoscopic, make people like feel that there. And your idea to make VR training effective, we did a lot of research on here, right? We run a lot of like eye tracking and all of that tracking to find out like what make the training take, what make the story stick is when the technology make you feel like you are actually there. It's not fancy tech, like not animation, not like take you out the story, but actually make you feel like there. Having stereoscopic, having 3D, which is how our world look like 
your words not in the flat 2D screen. So you can do mono for 2D video, but in VR, you should at least consider like hit the next level to make people feel like they are there. So actually, this is one of the biggest slide or takeaway for you guys. Like if you got looking for doing internally from your step, the DIY, or hiring an outside agent, how to know they are, how to know the people you hire, the people you put it at work, know what they're doing. Add them two things. Do you know what is the difference between monoscopic and stereoscopic? Basically, flat and 3D. So most VR nowadays, good VR should be in 3D because we see 3D in our real eye. When you put a headset on, you're not watching a, a Hollywood big screen video. You are actually there. You should actually make your viewer feel like that you're out of the frame. 3D does that. And, and again, uh, don't take my word for it. Try go on your Oculus headset, go on Oculus TV, looking for 3D video and, and mono video, and you will see a difference yourself. And another really big thing is audio. A lot of even people DIY to shoot their video. I see a lot of company actually hire just to do audio. And but Sony Audio is a very niche field because in real world, we hear sound source. We know where the audio come from, how far they are, especially for training. If you're training into like machine heavy environment, the machine is grinding, like, like people are talking, your boss is right there. Like all different sound source have a different character to help you to learn subconsciously. And, and now this is actually really hard and require equipment that is also very expensive. So on Ambersonic World, there's two types. There's a first order Ambersonic and Facebook Ocular push like a order Ambersonic, which is more look like what the real world is like. So a good Ambersonic basically make you look like you are actually there. You're not in a headset anymore. And then resolution is very important, 4K versus 8K. I feel like that if you only want a 4K distribution uh, for training, you can DIY it, but anything up to 8K, the investment usually out way out than your, your investment into your own team because having an 8K processing requires a server farm. And, and if a company doesn't produce enough content, it ends up costing you more money to buy those like 3090 Ti NVIDIA graphic card to just have your employee or marketing team trying to do your own videos. So that's what I would suggest. And then 180 versus 360. That's usually a creative agency decision, right? Again, that, that requires really know your audience, know your change subject, and, and decide what is the best. 180 gives you more resolution, but 360 gives you more immersion. Some training requires 360. But if you're soft skill training, what you really want to see is the people facial expression. Actually, you want to do 180 again, out way close to a subject and really feel their eye contact and emotion. And then came out brand and, and list a couple brand right here. If you're a DIY, you probably already know Insta360 or DJI or, or, or the other camera. And, and if you look at their price tag or go on their website, right? Consumer camera costs $400. Professional camera costs 30 grand. Easy. Like the gap is huge different. So if you want the DIY, you want to invest a $30,000 camera, you better make sure you make a lot of training video. But if you don't want to do that, it's most cost effective to hire a team or rent a camera to do that yourself. So uh, again, Zhongtao, I would say the Zhongtao to CJ. Sure, and I would add back to the camera camera brands and, and going from a consumer camera, as soon as you go past the consumer camera that has two lenses and you get a like an Insta360 or a Kando camera that, Kando Obsidian that has six lenses or nine lenses on an Insta360 Titan, 
you're thinking, oh, well, I, I bought this camera, so I'll get a good image. You know, it's going to be great and I'm going to make it myself. But in reality, now you have these six lenses that need to be stitched together and the stitcher for the camera software doesn't always do that. So then you need to have a computer that can handle those files in a software like Mystica VR and stitch those uh, lenses together. And that's where it gets really complicated. And if you have moving subjects or uh, objects going in between those lenses, then you have stitch lines. And that comes back to if you're like, oh, it's just a little stitch line. But the fact is that if someone's in a training scenario and they see a stitch line, their brain automatically goes to, oh, you know, what's going on with this image? There's a line through the video and they're no longer thinking about your content or your story or the safety training or the medical scenario that they're in. Their brain is going somewhere else. So as soon as you go into uh, pro cameras, you need to think about pro post-production workflow. And I guess that, that leads right into drones. I got my drone sitting behind me here, which is an Inspire 2 which has a professional setup for carrying 360 cameras. And I'm FAA certified and in daytime and nighttime. And we've done projects all throughout the world. So we've hired you know, local pilots and flown in the United Arab Emirates and Mexico and all these places. So what's important about drone is that first, yes, you're certified. You have a licensed pilot in whatever location you're at, because if you're on set and somebody gets a red flag that you're, you're not licensed to be flying a drone, shut down the whole production. You, you could get a ticket, you can get fines. It's not a good thing. The second thing is that you might find someone that say, oh, we can fly a drone shot of your building. And they do it with a small DJI drone with a camera attached to it. And that automatically makes them flying illegally because you're not allowed to attach uh, yourself a, a camera to a drone that's not made to carry a camera. So the and it comes back to safety. You don't want to have a disaster. You don't want that camera to fall and hit somebody. You don't want that drone to freak out. So you need to have a professional drone. You need to have a professional pilot. But once you do that, it's great to add drone even to a training scenario because it just makes that cinematic feeling and it gives the viewer an experience that's enjoyable and gives them a bird eye perspective. So I encourage, uh, if you haven't watched a drone video on a headset, go to Hugh's channel or find another drone video in your Oculus headset and, and check it out because it, it adds another layer. And you, you say, oh, we're going to have everybody do this training scenario. And they go, oh my gosh, we got to watch another training scenario, but let's try to make it enjoyable. Let's try to make uh, you know it cinematic by adding drone shots or rover shots or beautiful time lapses and make it enjoyable so that when they take that headset off, they say, wow, that was great. My company put a lot of work and effort into that. And that means they value me and my training. I encourage people to just push the boundaries like we're talking about here today. And that wraps up our editor's cut of this webinar session. Remember, if you liked what you heard here, you can just go to the episode notes below and click through to the full length video recording of this webinar session on our YouTube page. And until our next episode, keep on rocking your learning. <laughs>